We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. So this week, another question that has been sent in, and we it kind of was a lot of different pieces, but what we're going to pull out of it this week, I think, is how do we deal with the gray area in Scripture? <clears throat> it's, it's difficult to know how to respond to that because, you know, what is the gray area, I guess, is what we should talk about. And is there a gray area mm-hmm. in Scripture? Um, I think what that means, and you all will have to judge if this is answering the question, mm-hmm. is um, when we don't have a specific command about something, or when a command is rather general, um, what, are, what are our choices? Uh, for example, um, in, in Galatians 5, if you want to turn over there, we have the works of the flesh and the fruits of the Spirit. And obviously the works of the flesh are wrong. And it tells us here in, in Galatians um, 5.21 that those that practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So we know that those things are wrong. But you get into things even in this list, like strife and jealousy. Well, strife, you know, the the, uh, bad feelings and bad actions between people, that's wrong. But is there a difference between strife and just feeling negatively towards someone? And when does it qualify for this? And what are the gray areas? You know, we've got fornication listed here. And uh, we understand that that's sexual intercourse outside of marriage. But then people want to know, well, short of sexual intercourse... Uh, the gray areas of, of physical contact between people that are not married, you know, what, what do we do with those uh, areas? And so I think that, that there are judgment calls to be made in here mm-hmm. uh, because at the end of this, he says, and things like these in verse 21 of Galatians 5, you know, and such like some of your translations mm-hmm. say. So I suppose we're supposed, to, we're supposed to have judgment in ourselves of what other things, specific things that are not mentioned, would be things like these that would fall into similar categories. And so we're supposed to make judgments in our life about what things fit into those uh, and what things don't. Uh, possible example. Uh-huh. How were, how were you brought up as far as uh, dancing was concerned when you were oh, brought up in the church? Dancing was a no-no. I, it was a big deal when I was allowed to sit at the door as a student council member and take tickets, but I was not allowed to 
go on the dance floor. So, but then in a musical where it was choreography, that was okay. <clears throat> okay. All right. So there we go. So you were taught, of course, that fornication was wrong, which the scripture teaches. And we have Jesus's teaching in Matthew 5, if you want to go over there, where <clears throat> he talked about uh, our minds and where our minds go being... Uh, pertinent to a, a true righteousness that goes beyond the outward, you know. And so in Matthew 5, what, 27, <clears throat> he says, You've heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery, but I tell you that everyone who keeps on looking at a woman in order to lust after her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And if your right eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out and cast it from you. It's better for you that... Uh, one of your members should perish and not your whole body be cast into hell. Well, so we were taught, you were taught, that we're not supposed to cultivate lust after people. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is other than our husband or wife. And that is the heart condition of adultery that leads to the physical act of adultery. So you were taught, if you're not supposed to lust, you're not supposed to dance. Mm-hmm. But then out there in the world, all dancing may not be exactly equal. Mm -hmm. You mentioned choreography, like people in lines that are doing moves to music on a Broadway stage or play yeah. or something like that. And with those people, many times it's more like a, uh, a gymnastic exercise than it is anything that has to do with lust. Yeah. Okay. And so, I think even once I got you know older, there was almost a line even drawn even further between, well, classical dancing, you know, doing the waltz is yes. different than getting out to the latest pop music and you know just getting on the dance floor sort of thing. Sure, and and maybe you know to be more specific with our viewers, maybe um, the kind of group dancing where everybody's just jumping up and down and having a good time other than dirty dancing which is really rubbing up against mm -hmm. each other and yeah. has a definite sexual overtone uh, maybe there's a difference in those things so here we have um, the biblical teaching against fornication and against cultivating lust but then we have the gray area of I need to make a decision in every circumstance, individual circumstance, yeah. whether what I'm engaging in is in the category of sexuality and lust or if it's just people having a good time and exercising and things like that. So, so, so is there a person or is there a way, I mean, like in the Church of Christ, we don't, really don't have a hierarchy structure right. where you kind of run an idea at the ladder. So when you run into a passage like this and even with an idea like dancing, you know, yeah, I grew up that way, but one of the churches, you know, 30 miles over might have believed completely different. So how do we kind of, how do we bring those two things into harmony almost? Well, we've got to allow each other to make judgments and, and live with those judgments. We'll all be judged for our judgments. Hmm. Romans 14, 12 says each one of us shall give an account of himself to God. And it also says, who are you to judge the servant of another? So <clears throat> if I make the best decision that I can and go with that, mm -hmm. God will deal with me individually on wh whether I'm making good decisions or bad decisions. Mm. But I cannot um, draw a line and preach to people that they're, they'll go to hell if, if they ever do any kind of dancing because the Bible doesn't say that. Yeah. 
What it does say is here's some principles and within those principles you need to make good decisions. Yeah. Uh, take Herodias, her daughter who, who danced for King Herod and so uh, enthralled him that he was willing to give the head of John the Baptist. Now I got an idea that was dirty <laughs> right there. Probably wasn't a lot that's going on. <laughs> but then you know you have uh, the little children in the market, marketplace uh, we piped and you did not dance. You know, that's, that's, there's nothing bad about that. You have the Miriam and the ladies of Israel when they cross through the Red Sea and their timbrels and dancing and sing ye to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider as he thrown into the sea. Mm -hmm. There's absolutely nothing suggestive about that. Right. See? So we can't just make blanket rules. We have to be intelligent enough to take biblical principles mm -hmm. and apply those principles to particular situations. So one of the difficulties I think people have with this discussion is they want some blanket rule that will cover everything. Right. But there, there are some biblical specifics. Don't commit fornication. You're not supposed to cultivate lust toward other people. You know, that kind of thing. But then... When it says things like this, you have to make good judgments as to whether you're uh, getting into that territory or not. And, and perhaps a, a good scripture uh, that would help us on those judgments, uh, 1 Corinthians six eighteen says, flee from fornication. Right. Flee means run the opposite direction. Yes, indeed. So it doesn't say flirt with fornication. It says <laughs> flee from fornication. So it's not how close can we get to crossing the clear line of demarcation. It's maybe planning a way that's safe so that we don't get to that line. But at the same time, we can't make laws where God mm -hmm. hasn't made laws. So. so some of this comes into kind of the grace that we show one another. That's it. Uh, and so, you know, if you find someone you disagree with on one of these, you know, kind of the extensions of biblical principles, it's probably a better idea to have this discussion with them and talk about right. why they might feel those ways and why this action may influence someone else <clears> rather <throat> than just coming down on, don't do this anymore. Right. We're exactly. Probably will, we're probably going to win a few more hearts that way too. Yes, and I think what we really want to do is is allow the Word of God to change people's thinking so they make better decisions mm -hmm. rather than drawing, uh, drawing non-biblical lines in the sand and say, you can't cross that line because we've made this a rule that the Bible doesn't really make it a rule. So. Mm. And kind of on the flip side of that, I would imagine for a lot of you out there that are kind of trying out Christianity or checking into things, you're more likely to believe, and maybe, and this is true of myself, and that's why I imagine there's other people like me, you're more likely to believe those lines in the sand if you can find a direct... A absolutely. And I think we, than... we preserve our credibility when we stand on Scripture and when we say, this is what the Scripture says, and you see it with your own eyes, and then you're arguing with Scripture. But if we go beyond the Scripture and we make these unwritten rules that you can't read in Scripture, then those lose credibility. Mm-hmm. So that's what we don't want to do. We want to stick with Scripture and let this be the line in the sand. Amen. Yeah, I definitely think that you know, that's part of why we enjoy doing these conversations because it allows us to explore things a little deeper than, than maybe even a sermon allows a lot of times because in a sermon it's just one person talking and you have, yeah. you have certain points to make. So these are the sort of things that if you have questions and 
you know, like you said, there's a lot of gray areas we could explore. There's a lot of things that people have questions about because you don't see that direct, you know, commandment, so to say. And so if those are things that you have questions about and you want us to look at and you just want to know where in the scripture can I go to explore this for myself or for a friend, send those questions in. We'd love to have that discussion and I know I enjoy it and I'm glad y'all watch it so you enjoy it as well. So thanks again, Dave. Very good. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.